Welcome to Thinker's Tea with me, Talula Doherty, the show that delves into the minds of entrepreneurs, lifestyle gurus, basically anyone with impactful life lessons to share. So joining me today on Thinker's Tea is Arese Ugu, who is the founder of smartmoneyafrica.org. Um, but you know, apart from that, you're a very impressive lady, Arissa. I have to hype your other accomplishments. You sit on the board of House of Tara and the Nigerian Higher Education Foundation. Foundation. So, Arissa, lovely to have you on the show. It's lovely to be here. I love Thinkers Tea. I think it's such a fantastic idea. Thank you. Thank you. So, tell me, how did the idea for Smart Money Africa come about? Because it seemed like it just kind of exploded out of nowhere and everybody was talking about it and wanting to you know overhaul their financial lives and be part of the smart money movement exactly Um, well it really started from one article um so i work in financial services and one day i was like you know what um i feel like there should be more people talking to someone like me who you know earns a decent income wants to you know, have the Chanel bag or live the good life, you want to travel, you want to do other things, but someone should be talking to us about our financial future. And I think that, you know, our generation is very much like, we don't, we don't want to hear, don't do this and don't do that. And so I started thinking about ways, how do you pass this financial literacy message on without sounding preachy? Mm-hmm. Because I think that money is a very, um, it can be a very preachy topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to know how, I wanted to figure out a way to sort of pass that information across without sounding too judgy or lecturing people. Sure. Sure. So um, yeah, like it started with one article, it was mm-hmm. called a Chanel bag versus the stock portfolio. I don't know, the, the name, the topic came to my mind like one night when I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, okay, do you know what, I'll write you know, on this topic, mm. and I did it, and then I was very, like, passionate about it, and mm. it took me a while to get it out, and then I wrote it, and I read it, and I thought, actually, who cares, mm. <laughs> like, who actually cares, mm-hmm. our generation, like, we like, to, we like, um, when we go on blogs, or we're looking for information, it's yeah. not really about personal finance, or no. money management, it's more about, you know, entertainment, mm. and gossip, mm-hmm. that kind of thing, so... Who people are going to be like, what is this girl talking about? But then I was having a meeting with Chude of Jidon mm-hmm. and um, about something completely different. And then I, I was like, okay, you're a writer as well. So do you know what? I'm going to send you something to read mm-hmm. and um, tell me what you think. And he reads it sends me an email in the middle of the night and goes, you're actually crazy. You need to put this out there. I don't know what you're waiting for. Mm. And he sends it to Bella Niger and copies me. Oh, <laughs> like wow. So you were kind of pushed to really yeah. put it out there. <laughs> and he goes, yes, this is a smart money series. Like, you know, people need to read this. Mm. And I was like freaking out, thinking, oh my God, people are going to abuse me. And... But I was surprised by the um, the feedback that I got. Like mm. people were really, like, they wanted to know more. They were asking questions, mm. and it was great. And so I wrote that one, and then the next one, and the mm. next one, and that. At some point, 
to say an even longer story. Mm -hmm. So I'm very active with WIMBIS, the Women in Business and Management. Mm -hmm. And we had this, um, I was volunteering for this outreach program in um, Benin. Okay. So we go there to talk to the students and someone has suggested, you know, Arisa writes about money. So Mm -hmm. um, maybe you should ask her to speak. Oh, I was wow. like, are you crazy? Had you spoken before in that kind of a... I had spoken before. I was only planning the events or helping to plan the event, mm. events for Wimbis. Um, and, you know, they they said, speak. And I was like, it's 200 people. Are you insane? Mm. Like, I'm not going to... Like, talk, what am I going to say? That sounds so, scary. I know. And and I, I go, hmm, I can't do this anyway. So they got someone else to do it. And... We go on that trip, and then I heard Steve Harris speak. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. He's a motivational speaker. His story is so amazing. Really? And I, I felt so connected to the story, and I loved, like, his whole way of, like, storytelling and mm. just teaching people, you know, it was it was awesome. Mm. And then we got into a conversation um, before we had to go back to Lagos, and... You know, we talk. I talked a bit about my writing and everything, mm-hmm. and then a few days later, he calls me up and goes, "You really have something here. Like, I think you are whispering. You need to, you know, sharpen your voice. You mm-hmm. need to build a platform." Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he goes, "You know, start a blog." And I was like, "Huh? <laughs> I'm not starting a blog. Mm-hmm. I have a job. <laughs> I have, you know, things to do." He was like, "You know, you can speak about this." Yeah. I was like, I think you have the wrong girl. I'm shy, like in front of people. Mm. I don't, I can, you know, have a great conversation with my friends, but sure. I'm not gonna have like a big thing, like or start speaking like in front of like thousands of people or hundreds of people mm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that planted that seed in my head, and then I thought, actually, how can I? Maybe I should. Maybe this is. There's something here. Like mm. so, maybe I should start. You know, it blows. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to go about it. And then my friend Cyril, who I worked with on another project, Mm -hmm. and he's a really great like graphic designer and you know, web person. He goes, I can design it for you. Just tell me what you want. It's really easy. Really? So he just volunteered himself. He just volunteered himself. Mm. And you know, this is how. You know how people say everything just kind of comes together? You yes. Meet, you meet helpers and you meet people, you know, along the way that are going to yeah. help you um, develop your vision and be part of your journey. Mm. That has definitely been my story. Because Cyril yeah. actually, funny story, Cyril hated me when he met me. Oh, He was wow. like, I'm not going to work with this girl. He was telling his boss, I am not working with this girl. She's too demanding. She's going to be, she's calling me like, at all hours because I'm very... um hands-on like okay. when I'm on a project okay but we became best friends like Aww. he helping with all my graphic stuff okay everything to do with the IT side of it okay nice. so yeah um oh, wow. and that developed into like loads of from being scared of putting the article out there or doing any speaking engagement mm-hmm. developed into loads of like speaking engagements so I've done yes I was gonna ask you about that because yeah. you, you said that you were first um scared of you know speaking yeah and I heard you speak actually a couple of times but the first time was at social place 
Okay, we're defining fine art. Yes, and yeah. you were amazing. Arrested. I didn't, so I was just much. like, wow, <laughs> you spoke for such a long time and you really broke it down. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of financial matters in a way where, you know, a layman could understand. You didn't have mm-hmm. to be some finance guru to understand. I think a lot of the time when I listen to, you know, financial gurus talk, that's a problem. It all seems like they're speaking like in gibberish a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it's difficult to follow, but you really made it so Thank easy you. and so simple to follow. So how did you go from that place of being scared to now, you know, now doing lots of speaking engagements? The truth? Yes, the truth. I'm always scared. Oh. I've never, I, I've just accepted that as a part of my process. So I'm always freaking out before an event, freaking out before oh, wow. I, you know, get in front of an audience but I've just learned to let the fear you know come and then just not let it overcome me mm. and then I just get on stage and own it mm. but you didn't even use notes because the day you spoke you spoke at length and I was like why isn't just, she doesn't even have like I, cue cards or anything I know because you know I found that um I don't like slides I don't like slides, I don't like notes, I feel like it's very distracting, so I like okay. to just think through, so I have bullet points in my head okay. of things I want to discuss, and then I just say from the heart, like, you know, mm. the way I would say it to a friend, like, mm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, nice. So do you have, like, a photographic memory, or you just remember? Oh my god, <laughs> you're trying to make me sound smarter than I'm that. I'm intrigued to know, because... <laughs> no, um, no, I think it's just, I definitely... Do I have a photographic memory? I don't think so. Okay. I think okay. I think I just think through, you know, what I want to say, and mm-hmm. then maybe because of stuff that you know already, and you mm-hmm. maybe had multiple conversations about, um, it kind of sticks. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I do not have a photographic memory. Okay, just wondering yeah. <laughs> to clear that up. Okay, so I want to know, you know, you are a finance guru, and you're young, and I think that's why most people most young people can relate to you because it's like oh she understands that you know we do want to buy Chanel and we do want to go to Dubai on holiday and you know I think a lot of financial advice that comes from you know the older generation is very kind of like you know don't spend and you know deprive yourself of this and deprive yourself of that in order to Mm. you know achieve your financial goals but you have a more um, balanced view so being younger compared to a lot of other financial um, gurus how does that how does that feel and how has that been for you as well? I don't know about guru, you know, like I don't know about financial guru. <laughs> like I always feel a little bit uncomfortable when people say call me that, but um I'll take it. <laughs> um I think that for me as opposed to being a guru, all I know is you know, finance is I work in the field and it's something I've always been sort of passionate about and it's something that comes a little bit easier to me than it does other people mm-hmm. and I think I have the ability to break it down um, in a way that other people you know understand it because I mm-hmm. think um, and it's a skill that I've developed like over time because generally I don't feel like people should invest in things they don't understand so mm-hmm. with clients I would sort of explain to them okay this is how this works mm-hmm. these are the drawbacks of it and I guess in doing that and then also you know fr- my friends coming to me for financial advice mm-hmm. and then having to explain different asset classes or different products mm-hmm. um, to them like sort of help me hone that skill mm-hmm. so I, I don't know that I'm a guru I just know that I have something to teach or something to put out in the world mm-hmm. that um, I happen to be good at. 
Nice. Um, in terms of how it's been being young. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always been someone who. I try not to let my age get in the way of the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. So I just own it. You're young, but you know what you know. Mm. And um, yeah, like I don't, I don't let it get, um, I don't let it get in the way of what mm. of the things that I want to do. Mm. But do you, but do some people sometimes look at you and think, you know, you're a young woman, and or does she really know what she's talking about? Mm. Or I mean, do you ever come across those types of um, attitudes? Um, I think at first when I was first working, I think that I talked to a client on the phone, or and then when I had an initial meeting, it'll be like, who is this small rat? But I've le- I also I learned to own that. Like mm. I learned to um, to get to a point where. It's fine, yes, I'm young, I like, in fact, I love the fact that you're surprised, but I want to Mm. wow you even more with, you know, how I process things and um, what's in my head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think that's the beauty of being, of doing this uh, whole blogging thing online, because people get to read, you know, what you're actually saying, and it's either they connect to it or they don't. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not other people sort of talking about you. Um, and saying, oh, she's this or she's that. They're mm. actually reading your stories, your That's articles, true. and they're applying it to their lives, mm-hmm. and it's working. So, mm. yeah. So your kind of, your skill and talent really speaks for itself. You don't really have to, have to yeah. you know, make too much noise. Okay, I like that. I like that. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, you know, in terms of um, financial literacy, yeah. what do you think are, like, the top mistakes that people make when they're trying to maybe save or... You know, master budget. What 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 mistakes do people mainly? Okay, the first one which I've been thinking about a lot lately is people, especially Nigerians and especially women, we tend to save to spend. Mm-hmm. So a woman can be really disciplined when it comes to you know saving. So she can put a, a proportion of her salary or income aside every month towards a certain goal, mm-hmm. but then she'll put it aside and then it's towards maybe something like rent, mm. a car, um, you know, going on holiday, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And those aren't necessarily bad goals, but the thing is, if you once you pay your rent, it's gone, right? Mm. And, you know, once you buy a car, it's basically like a depreciating asset. Yes. Um, once you go on holiday, it's done. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, if you save only to spend, mm-hmm. you're never going to actually, like, build wealth. Mm-hmm. So you're not... Um, buying assets that will provide you with an income in the future and yes. that's a problem mm-hmm. because then you become basically a revolving door for your money mm-hmm. so you earn it and then you go back to zero every mm-hmm. month um, and you know that's a problem because if anything happens like especially in this economy where people are losing their jobs mm-hmm. businesses are suffering yeah you want to have some kind of fallback plan if an emergency comes up so um I think it's important to save towards, you know, your short-term goals, but mm-hmm. also save towards long-term goals, goals that will kind of protect you in the future. Mm-hmm. And what, what type of goals would those be? Would that be mostly things like real estate, where you could exactly. buy property and then get rent exactly. back? Or? So anything that is an asset, anything that provides you with an income, so okay. property, um, building a stock portfolio, so okay. those two things you'll get rental income, you'll get um, dividends, yeah, uh, 
that sort of thing. Okay, okay, okay. And in terms of entrepreneurs, you know, entrepreneurs are <laughs> crazy people because they, you know, put all their time, energy, and money into a their dream business, yeah. and their business that they hope, you know, will grow. And sometimes it works out, and other times it unfortunately doesn't. Um, so, what kind of financial tools do you think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in Nigeria, where I feel like maybe it's a bit more difficult to access certain tools or certain programs. Mm-hmm. Um, so is there anything that you could recommend for entrepreneurs, mostly startup entrepreneurs actually, to help to improve their businesses? Um, improve their tools in terms of what? Tools in terms of investing or tools in terms of... Tools in terms of like, you know, how to get maybe startup capital and then when running their businesses, are there any like maybe like... I don't know, software programs they could invest in or any books they could read, just anything that would maybe help guide them in their business journey? Well, I think that when it comes to, um, when it comes to raising capital, as in my biggest advice is always you know, stay prepared because we always, um, we always imagine that, there's, that this whole lack of cap- access to capital thing is something that's pe- peculiar to Nigeria. But I think mm-hmm. that there's, there's several you know, opportunities that that keep coming up like the um, TEEP, so the Tony Illuminu Foundation um, has a program where it um, has funding for entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. Um, she Leads Africa is a great one where women can pitch their business ideas and have access to like investors. Um, so I think it's about staying prepared and the reason I love those two, program, um, those two programs is because it helps you think through your business model and your business idea. Mm. So lots of entrepreneurs, they have ideas, but they haven't really thought through how it's going to, like, in a realistic way, how mm-hmm. it's going to mm-hmm. generate revenue, mm-hmm. what their cost structure is, mm-hmm. who their target market is. And those pitch competitions, they force you to think through all those things. So mm-hmm. I think it's important to, you know, start, you know, developing your deck. Start thinking about what your business model is, how mm-hmm. this business is going to make money, how you're going to reduce costs, mm-hmm. um, what your customer acquisition strategy is, mm-hmm. um, that sort of thing. Who your team is, how you're going to develop them. Yeah. Just so that when you do get in front of someone who um, can provide you with capital, you're prepared um, in a real way to like sort of convince them. Mm-hmm. Um, with regards to what kind of software, well, there are all kinds of like accounting software yeah. and um, things that help you with your financials. But I think the most important thing is also l- taking the time out to go and learn how to interpret what those numbers are mm-hmm. um, and what they mean for your business. Because mm-hmm. I think that a lot of entrepreneurs, I'll say this again, women especially, yeah. we are great when it comes to coming up with ideas and you know we're passionate and mm. we can do the marketing and the sales for it but when it comes down to the financials, yeah. we sort of either delegate that to someone else mm. and just sort of pretend like it's not happening because we're intimidated by the numbers yeah. and even you know there's record keeping if you have an accountant and whatever but yeah. we don't really take the time out to figure out what those numbers mean mm. in terms of the bottom line like so yeah. you know, um, your profit and loss statements your cash flow statements mm. your 
balance sheet, how to interpret those numbers so that you're not making assumptions, you're making sure. financial decisions. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then I want to ask you about this because I'm this kind of person where I have an accountant and I'm like, ah, this is his job, yeah. this is his competency area, it's yeah. not mine. So he understands it and he'll just report back to me. But you're saying mm-hmm. it's important not just to you know, push it all on somebody else, even if you are paying them, yeah. to try to so also... This, so this is what I'm saying. I'm not saying become an accountant. I'm saying know how to interpret the numbers. So mm-hmm. let it not just be your accountant, just, you know, showing you a statement that you you don't understand, like, mm. every month or every year or every quarter. Know what those numbers mean for your business. Mm-hmm. So, um, so, you know, because, you know... If you don't know what those numbers mean, you can't take um, deci- proper decisions. True. Um, True. You don't know, you know, what to buy more of, what to se- what you're selling mm. more most of, mm-hmm. what's popular with your customers. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a number of things that you're not going to be able to figure out if you can't interpret those numbers. So sure. it's not really about becoming an accountant. It's, okay. it's more about you know, figuring out what those numbers mean. And sometimes it's just about maybe even getting your accountant to explain it to you mm. or getting someone to explain it to you in a way that that you understand. Because I think most people, they see the numbers and they freak out, but then they forget that they know their business way more than the person who's doing the books. Mm-hmm. Very true. Yeah. yeah, that's very, very true. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Arisa. That's amazing advice <laughs> that I'm also going to take on myself. So in terms of mentors... Yeah. Um, I know who your mentor is. <laughs> I have um, two, actually. Oh, you have yeah. two? I thought you just had one. No, I have two. Who are your um, mentors? So, one of my mentors is Tara Fela Durotoye, the CEO of House of Tara, and Bolani Austin Peters, oh, okay. the CEO of Terra Culture. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know they were your mentors. Okay. Yeah. How important has that relationship been to you in terms of developing, you know, as... Um, I think mentorship is so awesome because it sort of accelerates your personal growth. So these are women who have, you know, established themselves in their different industries. Mm-hmm. So they've been through it all. So they have a lot of like advice they give you, and they're very committed to your personal development, and mm-hmm. they want you to succeed. So they're very yeah. invested mm-hmm. um, in that. So, yeah, like I think it's definitely contributed a lot <laughs> mm. to my growth. That's amazing because I was um, at the Tara Fela um series, series yeah. and um, as Tara was talking about you and how she met you at a yeah. conference in the Middle East and how yeah. she was so impressed by you. <laughs> and now you also sit on the board of House of Tara, so yeah. I think it's amazing how you know, you've both been able to kind of yeah. mutually... Mutually benefit. You know, we talk yeah. about that all the time because... Um, um, people, people are always asking, oh, how can I get a mentor? How can I, how you know, do you get access to a mentor or whatever? But I feel like it should be an organic relationship. So mm. like with what TFD was saying, yeah. um, we didn't, I didn't meet her and go, oh, can you be my mentor? Yeah. It was more of an accident, and then it sort of developed, you know, over time mm-hmm. from an executive education course in Abu Dhabi to yeah. um, her being my client and. Then she asked me to be on her board. So our relationship has sort of developed and, and you also have to think about what kind of value that you're adding as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to the other person. Yeah, no, that's amazing because I feel like sometimes people think mentorship is just a one-way thing. Yeah, like just give me all your business tips and yeah. advice and secrets and then 
what are you giving in return? So I think you're a great example of someone who <laughs> is giving something back in return as well. So that's great. So Rosa, you have, I look at you and I see someone who has great work-life balance. So <laughs> how you achieve this work-life balance. That is so funny because I do not think that I have great work-life balance. Really? I just try to figure it out every day. Like, so, you know, it depends on the day. Some days I really struggle, some days you know, it's fine. So I have my nine to five job and then I'm trying to, you know, build this smart money um, dream mm -hmm. and I have a child. So Zakora, she takes up a lot of my time. She's so cute. I always <laughs> like watching your Instagram videos and she's just so like she's adorable. So she's a huge part of my day. So trying to balance all those three things. I think sometimes we focus too much on um, getting it right every single day, but I think the most important thing is every day I just think, okay, these are all the things I need to do as a mother, as a business person, as a in my career. Mm. You know, how do I get them all done? And sometimes I win and sometimes I fail. And it's just about forgiving yourself every day and just trying to do your best. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important to remember because I think, especially you know, as women, we are really hard on ourselves yeah. and we feel like we should be super women sometimes mm -hmm. and just do everything and sometimes you can't do everything yeah. and you kind of beat yourself up about it. So I think it's good to remember that you know, it's like a day-by-day -day thing. Some days may be more successful than other days, but yeah. that's totally okay. So that's great. So I want to ask you, which entrepreneurs do you look up to? Are there, are there like a handful that you think these are, you know, really um well obviously fantastic. my mentors because um <laughs> so i was um i was nominated um recently for the at the access bank conference for the w award for young professional of the year oh amazing and my um so both my mentors were there and you know what was great about it they had, there was an there was also an award for 100 i think 100 power women in nigeria or 100 most influential women in Nigeria like okay. over time and we were both on the list. Oh wow. Um, and I thought that that was so, you know, amazing and it's a testament to how great both women are mm -hmm. and um, the sort of impact that they've made in their industry. So yeah, like they inspire me like to dream big dreams mm -hmm. and you know, take massive action because mm -hmm. they're both doers. <laughs> they don't talk about it, they are about it. Mm -hmm. Like they, they're constantly, you know, evolving in their businesses and, you know, doing different amazing things that mm -hmm. make headlines. Mm -hmm. Okay. Amazing. Okay, I'm an Oprah junkie, which everyone who knows her knows <laughs> I'm obsessed. And she has this thing where she always asks, you know, what's one thing you know for sure? So it can be in any area, in life, in business, anything, what's the one thing you would say that you know for sure? That I know for sure. I know that you have to keep learning. Like if you want to be anything in life or make any kind of impact or make more money or, you know, achieve your dreams, like you have to keep learning. Like you can't ever get to a place where you think, oh, I know too much. You have to always be open to learning. Fantastic, fantastic. Arisa, I hear that you have some exciting projects in the pipeline for 2016. Yes, I do. Tell me about them. The first one is your book, The Smart Money Woman. Yes. Tell um, me about Smart Money okay. Woman. So it's called The Smart Money Woman, An African Girl's Journey to Financial Success. Oh, <laughs> good title. I know, I love it. Um, 
So basically, I didn't want to write like a self-help book saying this is how to manage your money. I wanted to create, um, I want to stay true to what I've been doing with this whole smart money brand, which is catering to my demographic, using stories um, to teach. So mm -hmm. I feel like that's what people connect with the okay. most. So um, the book is basically is fictional. So it's about a girl called Zuri. Aww. The first chapter talks about her being broke. It's actually called broke. <laughs> it plays me. We all relate to that situation yeah, at some point or like, another. Exactly. So she's a girl who looks like she has everything. So she has a designer bag and shoes and lives, you know, in a nice flat. But she's actually broke. So okay. she only realizes this when one or two things happen to her suddenly, and mm. she can't cope financially. And it basically works us through. Um, how she deals with that, how she navigates her way to finding her purpose, mm. um, creating a spending plan, starting a business, having an emergency fund, mm -hmm. all those things that I think is really important for a young African woman to um, know. Mm. But instead of saying this is how you do it, like I wanted, yeah. I want, I want the book to be a conversation starter. I mm. want women to read it and see themselves in the book their friends in the book um, and each chapter has a smart money lesson at the end of it oh, so nice. it teaches you how to um, save how to invest things about your business and building a business mm. so it's a really it's a fun book that I hope will you know teach people so I'm really excited about it no it's very exciting I yeah. think I love the idea of it being a fictional book because there's yeah. a lot of um, people that I read who are kind of give financial advice mm -hmm. um, a lot of it is just like okay chapter one this yeah. this 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 and it almost feels like you're just lesson. yes and it almost feels like school in a yeah. way like you have to kind of <laughs> trudge through yeah. it and force yourself to read it but with making it fiction it's, it's just more a lot fun more, yes yes and I'm sure it's a lot more absorbing I hope so I hope so I'm hoping that this is one of those books that will make people laugh cry mm -hmm. um, that people will be able to discuss with their friends because there are lots of scenarios that are very realistic. Mm. Um, yeah, like I'm, I'm really excited. It's coming out in March. Okay. Um, for in time for like Global Money Week and International Women's Day. It's very exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. Oh well, I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I'm sure all <laughs> the thinkers team massive are also hugely <laughs> excited, excited about that. So apart from the book, you've also started a series of uh, financial literacy workshops called mm. the Smart Woman, Smart Money Woman, Woman. Workshop. Yeah. Can you tell me? Because I know you had one recently at Zazai. Yeah. I, w I wanted to come, but I think I had a wedding or something on that day, so I missed it. <laughs> Don't worry. Next time we plan to have quite a few this year. Fantastic. Um, yeah, like it was really exciting because last year I was very fortunate to have loads of speaking engagements, and you know it's great to inspire women to want to or people to want to um, manage their money better but i wanted to i wanted to do something that's more hands-on mm -hmm. so i wanted to like teach women how to build wealth how to develop a millionaire's mindset which is what i'm calling mm -hmm. it <laughs> and um i wanted to tackle a lot of money questions that i get from my audience all the time mm -hmm. so um, it was me talking and you know teaching all that stuff for a few hours and then I brought in um, someone from First Bank Quest, um, okay. a wealth advisor, because one of the questions I get asked the most is how can I invest 
like mm. how can i invest in nigeria because you know when you google personal finance or mon- money management what's going to come up is an ira or mm-hmm. um, 401k and those things don't apply in nigeria mm-hmm. so i wanted um someone from financial institutions actually come and talk us through their investment products okay. but as opposed to getting them to sort of give a presentation and like talk about above everybody's heads mm. i wanted it to be a conversation okay. so it was me and um Emmanuel, a lovely lady from first time quest uh, basically just discussing what products they had what investment products they had that could solve problems mm-hmm. for um, the woman in the audience so things like okay. i'm a corporate executive but i want to start a business so mm. i'm in that transition to becoming an entrepreneur but i want to be able to set money aside for it what kind of investment products can help me solve my problem mm. so just getting down to the nitty-gritty of it and then you know we have had an accountant as well okay come in and talk about you know um the financials of the business because like i said many a time i'm very passionate about you know women learning how to interpret those numbers mm-hmm. so we talk through um you know the things you need to look at in the balance sheet mm-hmm. profit and loss all that and it was quite insightful. And then I shared my mentor with them. So I brought Tara Feladrotui. Oh, that was very generous of you, I actually. Know, right? <laughs> she was so tired because she had um, a House of Tara retreat that day. But it was great because they got to see a real-life business person who is succeeding regardless of the economy. Mm. And, you know, she had, she had quite a few tips and life lessons to share. Mm. So it was... Um, it was it was really interesting. I loved mm. it. Like I was so I was so happy with the feedback that I got from like the participants. Mm. One woman even said to me, I didn't want to go to the toilet because <laughs> I was scared to miss something and you know, when you keep if you when you can keep women in a room from eleven o'clock till six mm. and they don't want to leave and they're fully engaged. Yes. You yeah. know that, you know, you did something right. Mm. Like so many people said this was a game changer for me. It made me look at my money differently. So mm. it was really important to me to create value. So mm. I'm happy it was so successful. It was so um, amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really happy that there's more to come because I missed it and I want to be part of this <laughs> smart woman revolution. I know. So um, hopefully next time, the next one is in March, hopefully. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. I'll be around, so I'll be there. So thank you so much for making time to thank talk to me. So I feel privileged to be in the smart money <laughs> office where all, all the fantastic ideas come out of. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to come. No problem. Thank you.